he said to him, Walk like your father walked, and do all that I have commanded you. And my promise to your father will then become your promise as well. Now, I know for some reason it seems to do this on Father's Day, and I'm going to rebuke it right now in Jesus' name. I need a little more amens in this house today. I need a little bit more hand claps and help today. We're a little bit too subdued. Folks, it's Father's Day, and God wants to honor these great men that he has given to us, and I want to hear what the Lord has to say. Y'all with me? All right. He said, I'll let the promise I gave your father become your promise. David had a way with the Lord. We know this because God's own testimony regarding this father, David, was that he was a man after my own heart. God testified that of David. Despite the failures of David's life, of which there were many. There were several. David was not a perfect man. I would tell you today, God is not looking for perfect men, but God is looking for men who have try in their hearts. And so although he was not perfect, uh, and there were several failures in his life, God told Solomon that if he would follow the same list of things that David had done, then that Solomon would ensure the continuation of the throne of Israel in their family. Because David was a man, ladies and gentlemen, who knew how to make things right with God. David, he knew how to make things right with God. I'm going to tell you today, God loves somebody who has a sensitive spirit to him. God can work with people that are sensitive to him. And there may be people in this room that you don't make a lot of mistakes, but you've got a lot of pride. I would tell you today that it's harder for God to work with that than it is for God to work with somebody who has failures, but they know where to come when they have a failure, and they know how to kneel and fall and humble themselves before the Lord. David was that kind of man. According to Second Chronicles, David had a checklist of sorts that he would follow in order to ensure the blessing of the Lord and the hand of the Lord upon him and upon his family. In aviation, and I'm no aviator, I'm no pilot. Uh, I have been a pilot a couple of times, but that was unintentionally when I was thrown off a horse or a mule and I got airborne. It was usually unintentional, though. I I remember, I'll, I'll tell off on my brother for a minute. We were out riding at Caprock Canyons, and he got on a horse, and he got on that horse, and he, and he touched her with the spurs, and she was a little sensitive, and, and she got the bucking, and, and she went up. And when she went up, Sean went up. When she came down, Sean kept going up. But what's so funny in the air, his feet got to moving. It's like he was trying to run on air. And they just... And I want to tell you that when he did come down, he hit the ground running. 
Never seen anything like it before or since. It was, it, it, if, if it had been on purpose, it would have been really impressive. <laughs> I've never been a pilot, and, and, and again, it's unintentional if I have been. We do have a pilot in this room. Brother Ben is a pilot and flies, and, and, and so he would know some of these things a lot better than I would, but I do know that in aviation, every pilot has a pre-flight checklist. It is a list of tasks that should be performed by pilots prior to their takeoff. The purpose of the checklist is to improve flight safety by ensuring that no important tasks are forgotten. If there is a failure to correctly conduct a pre-flight check using a checklist, they say that that is one of the most major contributing factors to aircraft accidents. It's not because they get in the air and something goes wrong up there. It's because somebody didn't do their job before they ever got in the air. Just as a pilot has to has to have a pre-flight checklist that he goes through religiously in order to ensure a successful flight. So too should a father go through his father's checklist in order to make sure that he is successful in the quest of fatherhood, in the quest of true fatherhood. Because there are a lot of men who are dads, but there are very few men who are fathers. I don't just want to be a dad. I want to be a father. There is far too much at stake, gentlemen, for us to haphazardly go about the important business of training up a child in the way that he should go. There is too much that is resting upon the great task of fatherhood for us to not get this right and for us to not give it everything that we have. When we follow the checklist that God has given to us, we are doing two important things. One, we are doing our part to ensure our children are raised as godly children should be raised. And two, we are providing an example for our kids of how they ought to follow God themselves as they grow older and into adulthood where they will begin to make their own decisions. The pilot dedicates himself at risk of losing his job if he does not follow the checklist. That's how important it is. But we fathers, we do it at the risk of losing our children's souls if we neglect our checklist. There can be no higher calling, men, than for us to lead and for us to example to our children a life of faithfulness to Almighty God. There is no higher calling for you and I. I don't care how successful you are in your job. I don't care how successful you are in business. I don't care how handsome or talented you may be. The most important thing in your life 
is making sure that you are a father that is worth following. No other accomplishments will take the place of successfully navigating the skies of fatherhood. Not in business skills, materialism, not in connections or hobbies, not in admiration that comes from others. It is your highest calling to lead your family in a walk with God and to show them how they can do the same. With that in mind, I want to give to you today a father's checklist. It's a two-part list that if we will follow it, it will ensure that we lead our homes correctly and that we lead those following us with an example that will keep them in relationship with the Lord if they would choose that. I will remind you what God told Solomon. David gave Solomon a great example. And David uh, led his family, even though he had mistakes, David led his family in the pursuit of God. And God said, if you'll do as your father did, you're going to be okay. But fathers, I do remind you that we can't do this for our kids. And I want to take any condemnation off of anybody in this room today that needs it taken off. Probably should have done it on Mother's Day too. Our kids are going to make their own decisions and they will make some mistakes. We can't make them as they get to certain ages. We can't make them do everything we wish they would. But what we can do is we can make sure that while we have the opportunity that we lead them in the paths of righteousness. And that we show them what it looks like to have a man of God in their life. The first part of this checklist has to do with a father's leadership. This is, this is several things that a father's leadership should entail. You need to have this, men, on your father's checklist. We need to make sure... That we understand the power of commanding our children. If you would give me Genesis 18 and 19. We have the opportunity to command our children. What do you mean by that? Well the Lord tells us about it in, re, in, in, in discussion of Abraham. The Lord said, for I know him. Talking about Abraham, God said, for I Know him that he will command his children and his household after him. And they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment. That the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he had spoken of him. God said, one thing I know about Abraham is that in his house there will be some things that are not up for debate. It needs to be, gentlemen, that there are some things in our house that aren't up for debate. In my house, honoring your father and your mother are not up for debate. I, I, growing up, that's the way it was in my house. And I tested that one one time. And I found myself up against the wall. And my dad said, next time you will be through the wall. And then you'll be out my door. And I found out that my dad could, in fact, command some things in our home. There are some things that we need to command in our home, gentlemen. We need to command respect from our children. 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get all spiritual in a moment, but I'm also going to be a little practical too. We need to make sure our children treat people with respect. Our kids will mess up. You've messed up. I've messed up. As an adult, I've messed up. I've lost my cool. You've lost your cool. But our kids need to learn what it is to treat everybody with kindness and respect. And when they mess up on that, we need to hold them accountable for that. And we need to make sure that they understand that that's not the right way. I know that we live in a day and age and in our world, it seems anybody should be able to say anything to anyone they want to. But I want to tell you, I still believe in respecting our elders. And that doesn't mean even if they've got something wrong, you still need to take the low road and respect our elders. And we need to honor them as such in our lives. We need to command our children that when they're at school, they don't get attitudes with the teachers. If there's a problem, they can come home to talk to us about it and we can deal with it. But my kid's not the parent in my house. I've had to tell both of my kids before, one regarding her brother, the other regarding his sister, you're not their parent, I'm their parent. And I, we need to let them know that you're not the adult, I'm the adult. You're going to treat adults with respect. That I understand adults can make mistakes. But if it's a police officer, if it's a teacher, if it's a pastor, whatever it is, we need to honor authority. We need to teach that. It's not being taught out there, but it still needs to be taught from men of God in the house of God. The Lord said, I know for Abraham there are some things that will not be up for debate. And because of that, His children are going to grow up in such a way that they're going to be able to fulfill the promises that I've given to Abraham and keep them going. It takes that kind of a man to get us to this point. And I talked to my dad this morning on the phone and I told my dad, I said, Dad, I just want to thank you that whenever life threw you a bunch of, uh, of difficulty and tragedy and difficult circumstances and situations that were not good, I want to thank you that you rose above it and that I didn't ever even have to know what that kind of a life was about and that you led me in a way that this is the way it was going to be in our house. I want to thank you for that. There were days I didn't like it, but I can tell you right now as a man that I feel like has it pretty much together, not all the way together, but maybe pretty much together, I thank God for a dad who put me on that road and got me on that path. And if we want our children to grow up on that kind of a road, we've got to command them in the way that they should go. Is that all right, preaching today? We've got to command them. The second thing that a father's leadership checklist should have is sacrifice. Everybody say sacrifice. Job was a man who knew how to sacrifice. Job 1 and verse number 5, if you will put that on the screen. The Bible lets us know that Job had many children. And Job had a concern. And it was so that when his children had had their days of their feasting, they were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them. And he rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. 
For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. Job made sure that he sacrificed on behalf of his children. Job said, I am going, if they won't do it, I'll do it for them. And even if they are going to do it, I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway just to make sure that it got done. Now, I'll be the first to tell you, I don't completely understand everything about this scripture. How acceptable this would be to God. I can't tell you that. And I sure wouldn't try to make it a practice to say your kids can go do whatever they want. And as long as you'll sacrifice on their behalf, it'll be okay. I'm not going to encourage that as a practice that we live by. But I will tell you that God thought enough about what Job did. That God said, let's put it in the holy writ. That when Job's children were done with their feasting, that Job said, I'm going to go out and sacrifice for them. Because it may be that they have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. I know at times it seems like our children can be far from God and where we want them to be. And maybe they have sinned and maybe they have cursed God in their hearts. But I want to encourage a father today that if you will sacrifice, God will take note of your sacrifice on behalf of your children. Ah, that ought to encourage somebody in here today. That ought to cause somebody in here today to say, you know what? He really is a great God. If God will notice Job doing it, then maybe God will notice me doing it. My kids aren't right, but that is is what it is. I'm going to go ahead and I'll sacrifice for them. God, my kids didn't show up to church today, but here's an amen on behalf of my kids. My kids didn't walk through the doors today, but I'm going to hit the altar today on behalf of my kids. I believe that God... I believe that God loves and God honors and God notices that kind of a father. Is that okay? Third thing on the father's leadership side of the checklist is that we ought to prophesy over our children. Give me Joshua 24 and 15. I think I've never noticed this verse in this context. You've heard it preached from a lot and you've, you've heard it quoted a lot. But notice what Joshua did. Joshua, as they have come into the land of Canaan and God is now uh, allowing them to go out into the lands, the areas that he has given them as their inheritance. Joshua speaks to the children of Israel and he says this, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, notice this, we will. He said, we will serve the Lord. But Joshua, don't you know your kids are going to grow up and make their own decisions? Yeah. Joshua, don't you know that you can't always make them do anything? I know that. Then Joshua, how can you make that statement? 
Because I believe in prophesying over my children. I believe in speaking things over my kids that I intend to see happen in their lives. We need to speak by faith and we need to prophesy over our children, gentlemen. We need to prophesy my kids will live for God. My kids will serve the Lord. My kids are going to be involved in the house of God. My kids are going to do something great for God. They may preach. They may sing. They may pray. They may teach. I don't know. But my kids, they will do something great for God. I wish some dads would stand up with me right about now. And you'd start prophesying over your kids. Well, come on, men. Come on, men. Prophesy over your kids right now. I prophesy my kids are coming back. If they're backslidden, you ought to prophesy they're coming home. You ought to prophesy they're going to live for the Lord. You ought to prophesy God's going to use them in His kingdom. I don't care where they are right now and how far gone they seem. God's going to bring it back. God's going to turn it around. I want everybody 18 and under to stand up. Men, you stay standing. All the kids 18 and under, stand up, please. Men, would you just extend your hand over these children? And would you begin? These kids are in the house of God today. They don't have to go backslide and come back. God can keep them in the kingdom. Would you prophesy over them right now? These kids are going to live for the Lord. My kids, your kids, they're going to live for God. He's going to use them. Come on, raise your voice, men. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 You may be seated. The next thing on this list is that we've got to learn how to bless our children. Jacob blessed his children. Hebrews 11 and 21. Joseph came to him with his two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. And so uh, Jacob, at the end of his life, he is dying. And there it is, Brother Austin, by faith. Jacob, let me tell you, Jacob didn't think it by faith. Jacob didn't imagine it by faith. Jacob... Bless them by faith. That means, gentlemen, he opened up his mouth. And let me just stop to say this. When we pray, men, we open up our mouths. When we pray, we lift our voice. When we pray, we call upon the name of the Lord our God. We don't mealy mouth for Jesus. We're men. We're men. We're men. A man lifts his voice. And Jacob was a dying. He blessed both the sons of Joseph and worship, leaning upon the top of his staff. Thank God for men who will bless their children. I remember whenever I was getting ready to go out in the ministry, and I was leaving my parents' home, and, and well, had left them. I'd gotten married, and I was leaving the church that I had been a part of growing up. And I remember my dad getting up in that service where I was leaving. 
And my dad told me and he told our church, he said, if there's been any success in my ministry, I I pray God gives you more success in ministry than anything I've ever imagined or seen. He said, I want you to have more people that come to God under your ministry than I ever saw had come to God under my ministry. He said, I hope when you preach, you preach better than me. He said, this is what my dad said. You remember it? He said, when you preach, preach better than me. He said, when you lead your family, do it even better than I did. You know what my dad was doing? He was blessing me. He was putting a blessing on me. He was saying, you're going to do great. It's going to be all right. God's hand is going to rest on you. There's going to be favor on your life. And I bless our children today. Bless them with good jobs. Bless them with good health. Bless them with a good spouse. Bless them with a love for the Lord. Bless our children. Well, I feel like I'm preaching on this Father's Day. We're going to bless our children. We're going to bless our children. First uh, Chronicles 25 and 6. You're going to find this is the last one on this side of the list. You're going to find another man by the name of Asaph. He had a couple of those with him. They were uh, Jeduthun and, and Heman. And I preached about it last Father's Day. I hope all of y'all got a hold of it. I preached last Father's Day about being under the hands of a father. And I go back to that for just a moment today. It's, uh, it's 1 Chronicles 25 and 6. 1 Chronicles 25 and 6. I go back to it today to remind you what the Bible said. All these, talking to, it lists all these children. It lists all these kids. It said there were, there were three dads, Asaph and Jeduthun and, and Heman. You see them at the end there. And it listed all their children and it got to verse 6. And it said all these were under the hands of their father for song in the house of the Lord. With cymbals, psalteries and harps for the service of the house of God according to the king's order to them. I, I, I think there's something so powerful about a man who knows how to lead his family in worship. That's what these men did. They led their families and their children in worship. When they came to church, they didn't leave it for mom to be the one raising her hands. They didn't leave it for... And I'm, I feel I've, I'm trying to preach this in a very encouraging way. I don't, sometimes Mother's Day becomes we love you and Father's Day becomes we beat you. I'm not trying to beat you. I'm trying to encourage all of us today. But men, it's a truth of the fact, the matter, that sometimes we let women lead the way in worship and stuff. They're more emotional than we are. And that's not a slight, ladies. It's part of your DNA and who God made you to be. They're more emotional sometimes. And we let them lead the way in worship. And we sit back because we're men. And, and no, 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 no. The Bible said that the king said, I need men who will get their children under the hands and teach them how to worship the Lord. I need men who, when they come to the house of God, they show their boys how to clap. 
They show their girls how to dance. They show them how to go to an altar and let tears run down their eyes. They show them what it means to worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Oh, thank God for worshiping men. I want, I want this church to be full of worshiping men. I want this church to be full of hand clapping, foot stomping, dancing and shouting men. Men who know how to worship God. Men who know how to lift their voice. Men. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the Father's leadership side of the checklist. And then we have the Father's example side of the checklist. There's some things that we've got to example, men. We've got to example the Word of God in our lives. If you're going to fly this, this fatherhood plane, you've got to have the right manual. You need this book. You, you need this book. Without this book, you're going you're gonna to crash this thing. You need this book. Yeah, well, Dr. Spock said, I don't care what Dr. Spock said. How many of y'all know who Dr. Spock is? You got a few of you. All right. I don't care what Dr. Spock said. I don't care what Dr. Phil said. I don't care what Dr. Whoever said. There's some things in here that's not going to line up with what our culture teaches us today. It's never going to line up. But you've got to go to the Word of God. And when your kids come to you and say, Dad, i got a question about something. And there's something I don't understand. And, and I see this. And, and I'm trying to make sense of it. And I'm trying to wrap my head around it. Where are we going to go, men? We're going to go to the manual. <laughs> We're going to go to the Word of God. <laughs> I'm going to the Word of God. This is, this is my lifeline. This is the only thing. That will help me get where I need to be going. We've got to example a deep love and appreciation and devotion to God's word. You can't expect your kids to love the word if you don't love the word. You can't expect your kids to follow the few things in the word you want them to do. If you don't follow all the things in the word that the Bible tells you to do. Men, we're, we're men. We're men. We don't pick and choose what we're going to follow. If God said it, we receive it in Jesus' name. We take it all. Why? Because I got those following me and I need them to see what it means to really follow the manual. I've got them to, I, I need them to know that they can't just follow it part, part of the time. You ever bought something from that, from that cursed place by the name of Ikea? I rebuke that place. <laughs> I want If I go through Ikea, and my wife literally about has to drag me in there the few times we've been. I want to go through there saying, in Jesus' name, I rebuke, I rebuke you thousand piece desk in Jesus' name. <laughs> Does anybody know what I'm talking about? All right. I hate it. 
What happened to the days when they just built furniture and you bought the piece of furniture already built? <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I am, you know, I don't, I don't build my automobile. I buy my automobile. And I don't want to build my chest of drawers. I want to buy my chest of drawers. <laughs> well, I feel a witness in the spirit here today. But I've been putting some of that stuff together before. And y'all know that little piece that you're supposed to use to attach it to the wall so it doesn't lean forward and stuff? How many of y'all actually use that? I throw that, I throw that joker away. I throw it away. Because I know <laughs> this, ain't going, this ain't going anywhere. I put this together. Nothing going to happen to this. I got it. <laughs> that may work with Ikea, but it don't work with the Bible. Well, this ain't that big a deal. I'm going to throw this away. No, sir. No, sir, Dad. We can't have you throwing it away. We, we need you to use all of it, Dad. We need you to lead us in all of it. We need his word to be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, Dad. Uh, we need to hide his word in our hearts that we might not sin against him, Dad. Help us, fathers. Help us and example the word. The second thing we need in the father's example is we've got to make sure, men, that we're leading our kids to get on the right vessel. Not everything that calls itself the church is the church. Not everything that calls itself Christianity is Christianity. You need to get on the good old gospel ship. You need to get on the apostolic church. The side of your plane ought to read the apostles' doctrine. The side of your plane ought to say apostolic and Pentecostal. It is an apostolic church that we have been brought into. It's an apostolic church that, that, that was built in the early church. And it's going to be an apostolic church that gets raptured out of this world. And no other, no other uh, ship, no other plane is going. Only one plane's going. It's going to be an apostolic church. I don't care if it says sanctuary or whatever else on it. It just better be apostolic. It better be apostolic in doctrine. It better be apostolic in fellowship. It better be apostolic in holiness. It better be apostolic in every single way. We need an apostolic church. I don't want my kids getting on anything else. So I'm not going to act to them like anything else is okay. I want my kids to know that there is nothing, nowhere. You won't find anything anywhere else like you find here. I don't care how big it is. I don't care what names are attached to it. You won't find anything anywhere else like you find it sanctuary. It needs to be an apostolic church. It needs to be an apostolic church. So men, we go to an apostolic church. And we show up to an apostolic church when we ought to. I know it's summer. I know camps are going on. I'm just going to throw a little quick pastor note in here. But Wednesday night, trying to fall off. Let's pick it back up in Jesus' name. Y'all with me? All right. Turn to your neighbor. Say he's talking to you. All right. 
I got my head down. We need an apostolic church. Our kids got to know this place matters to us. Our kids got on Sunday. If my kids get to looking for me, I don't want them calling the, my phone. I want them running to the church because they know Dad's probably not going to answer it because he's in church right now. Let's get to the house of God. We've got to example prayer. You're not going to make it, men. We're not going to make it if we're not in communication with the control tower. We got to be talking to the tower at all times. How am I doing? Tower, am I on course? Lord, am I still on the right way? Am I still in the right path? Jesus, am I still where I need to be? Am I flying too low? Do I need to pick up my altitude a little bit? Jesus, help me make sure that I don't get off track. I don't want to veer off course. I don't want to be heading one place and wind up somewhere else. They celebrated a man by the name of Christopher Columbus who thought he'd found India. Was he ever off? You can celebrate that in the natural, but it ain't going to happen. There ain't going to be no celebration in the spiritual. Help me get on course and stay on course. I've got to be in prayer and constant communication with the Lord my God. When you're driving down the road, pray. When you wake up in the morning, pray. When you're going to bed at night, pray. When you come to church, pray. When you find yourself in a bad situation, pray. When you get a phone call about something negative, pray. When you let your kids see you, pray. Something we started doing, and I'm trying to, I'm, oh, I'm way over time. I'm sorry. But I'm about done. Sister Joelle, let's give them hope. One of the things we started doing, and we're not doing it as consistent, I'll be honest with you, as we ought to. Now, we pray with our kids every night. But one of the things we started trying to do is I felt like my kids were listening to me pray a lot. And their mama pray a lot. That don't happen in y'all's house. Y'all's kids are, are decreeing and declaring But I felt like my kids went through about a few things, and, and then they'd listen to us. And so we've started trying to do this. When we get to the end of our prayer, I say, okay, Nora, now it's your turn tonight. You're going to lead us. I, I want you to give us a prayer request, and you're going to lead us in prayer over that thing. <clears throat> Not doing it as often as we should. We need to do better. I'm going to be honest. But we're trying to make that a part of our nightly prayer routine. Why? Because I want my kids to have the example of prayer in their lives. Men, we've got to have the Spirit. If you don't got the Spirit, you're not fueled up. If you're not filled, the Bible said be filled with the Holy Ghost. If you're not filled with the Spirit, you're not going to make it to your final destination. You've got to be filled with the Spirit. That means, you need to be, that means you need to be in the presence of the Lord. That means you need to be being renewed in the Holy Ghost. You need, to, you need to speak in tongues, men. You need to pray in tongues, men. The Bible tells us to build up our most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. You know what? Can I put that in the, in the uh, context for what I'm preaching? Fill up your plane. Praying in the Holy Ghost. It's a father's checklist. We've got to have the Spirit. The Bible tells us about ten virgins. Five were wise, five were foolish. Five didn't come with extra oil in their lamps. They didn't make it. 
the five that made sure they had more than enough, they made it. And I'm going to tell you for the day and age in which we are living, we need more than enough. We need all we can get of the Spirit of God. Men, are your passengers your highest priority? The Lord dealt with me so strong about that. Your passengers are your number one priority. That you get them to the location safely. And as long as my kids are in my house, they're my passengers. It's up to me to get them where they need to go. God help us. God help us to make sure that we are not selfish men. Boy, we live in a selfish man age. Where men will do the most ignorant things. Because it makes them feel good. I had a conversation with a man one time. He was getting ready to leave his family. Had a beautiful wife and child. And I said, do you realize what you're doing? Not a part of this church. Don't start trying to think. I said, do you realize what you're doing? I said, you're about to make the greatest mistake of your life. If, if you can't do this for you, why can't you do it for your children? If you want to get in a suicide mission and take the plane down, that's your business. But why would you take your children down with you? That's what it is, men. If we ever get to the place where we're more interested in doing what we want to do than caring about the people that we've got behind us in the seats. It becomes a suicide mission. And there's men who have led their families out of the house of God and taken them to ball fields and taken them to educational pursuits and taken them to recreational pursuits and they put their plane in free fall mode and it's a suicide mission they become kamikaze pilots and everything on board is going to be a tragedy if God somehow is not able to get a hold of those but you just set them up where the success rate at that point becomes very, very minimal. I care about those that are on my plane. Why you preach like you do? Because I care about the kids of this church. I care about all our kids in the lobby, in this room. I care about all our kids. I want to make sure our kids are going to the right place. That's why we're going to preach like we preach. And we're going to do like we do. Because our passengers matter. David was not a perfect man. But he was a man who apparently led his children in serving God. God doesn't need perfect men. He needs men with a heart after his. Men who are going to make it to their final destination. Men, I'm preaching to you today. 
that there's a checklist out there that all of us need to go over from time to time. And in this church, we're very blessed because I feel like you men are accomplishing the things on this checklist. But if you're like me, from time to time, it's easy to get off in one area or another. And today, I just feel like I came to just remind us that we have a high calling that has been placed upon us. God wants us to lead our families to heaven. He wants us to lead our families to heaven. So we're going to follow the checklist. Amen. Would you men, all the men in the room, would you stand with me today? Over 18, let's, 18 and over, let's say. Would you stand with me? You're a father or not, I want you to stand with me. In this box, men, there are scrolls. And in the scroll, each one of them, there is a pen. Thank you, Sister Tiffany, for putting this together for us. There's a pen in that scroll. I want every one of you to take one of these home with you today. And I want you to begin working on your father's checklist. Every once in a while, maybe if you need to get the notes from my message, you can go watch it back or you can call me and I'll send them to you. But I want you to get the notes from this message and I want you to write leadership and example and I want under each one I want you to list the things I've listed today and I want you to put this somewhere and every once in a while I want you to go back to it open up the, the scroll open up the thing that carries the most important checklist you'll ever have and say how am I doing on that how have I been doing with this am I leading my family like I ought to lead them Oh God, I've been falling short here. Help me, Lord, to get it right. Put it somewhere, men. Put it in your, put it in your chest of drawers. Put it somewhere. And every once in a while, go back and look at it. And let's see if God won't help us get our families to heaven. I preached too long. I apologize for that. But it's a risk you take when you come to Sanctuary Church. <laughs> Would you do me a favor? Every man in the building today. Would you come join me around the front? And if it is your desire to make this checklist a part of your life, would you just lift your hands to our Heavenly Father, who is gracious to help us? And would you begin to ask Him for His help, His leadership, His guidance, His strength in your life? Come on and let's pray together right now, men. Let's lift our voices and call upon the Most High God.